Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. Therefore remember that formerly you the Gentiles in flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at, at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth, from the citizenship of Israel. And strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so that in himself he might make the two into one new man thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and to the hearing of His written Word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, Again, we thank you for the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. We thank you that we are no longer separated from you, but we are one. We thank you, Lord, that you have tore down every wall, every barrier, and that you have made us one in Christ. We just pray today that the power of your word would touch our hearts. We also pray that your peace would overtake us and that we may be bearers of that joy, that grace, and that peace to those who need to hear the truth. We give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Paul is reminding, reminding the church at Ephesus that they who were Gentiles, they were separated from a relationship with God because 
of the fact that they were not part of the household of faith. They were not part of Israel. They were not part of the so-called circumcision, the mark that separated the Jews from the rest of the world. But Paul is saying that circumcision which was in the flesh, that circumcision which was made by human hands, that separated them, it is being torn down in Christ, that separation. God always intended that the day would come when all the world would have access to the relationship with Him. But sin came into the world. People became divided from the Father which is in heaven. And God chose to have a people unto Himself that they could be a light to take the truth to the world. But you know what? Those who bore the light thought it was just for themselves that they were an elite group unto themselves they were special they, were, they had a special calling on them and sometimes I think the church forgets that we too are not to keep the message to ourselves, but we've been called to take that to the world the world really doesn't want to hear us preaching they want to see a transformed and changed life you know uh, it's been said by a great evangelist preach the gospel and if necessary use words and that is my prayer for this church too That your everyday life preaches the good news of the kingdom. Because you lived a transformed life. A life that is not only in the fact that you've been born again. But that you've been totally transformed by the power of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Totally transformed. Paul was saying, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. You were excluded from being citizens of God's family. And we were all there at one time. In our sins, we were separated from that. God longed for us to come into that family. He longed for us to come into that relationship. But sin had separated us from that. Even those of us who were brought up in the church until we confessed Jesus as our Lord, there is a separation there in relationship. Oh, we can go through the motions. We can be good church people. But Jesus didn't come that we would become church people. He died for us that we would become born again followers of Christ Jesus. 
that we would be transformed by His great power and that we would become temples of the Holy Spirit. This also goes on to say that we were strangers to the covenants of promise. Israel had the covenants. God promised them. He promised Abraham that he would make them make Abraham a great nation. He promised Abraham that the whole world would be blessed through him. He promised Abraham that he would bless those who blessed him. And he promised Abraham that he himself would be a blessing. I know for a fact I have been blessed for a purpose. I have been blessed to go out and to be a blessing to others. And if you belong to Jesus, you too are being blessed for a purpose. And that's for you to go out and to be a blessing to others. Not that that blessing was given to you simply for you to hoard it. But it was so that you could go out and to bless others with everything that he has given you in your life. Because he has given you life. Because outside of him, you don't have life. You simply exist here waiting for your judgment. But in him, you have life. Life abundant, full, because He has a purpose, a calling, a destiny for you. He has not in any way written you out of His great plan, but He had you in mind. And He has already laid up for you all the things that you need to fulfill your destiny in Him. Do not let the enemy snatch it from you. Do not let ignorance take it from you, but walk in the fullness of that great promise. Because those covenants came forth with promises. And you and I, we live in the new covenant. That promise that we are going to have the fullness of that salvation made whole in our lives and that we are forever going to be with Him. Forever going to be with Him. You and I don't have to earn it. It's not about us keeping the law, dotting every I and crossing every T because Jesus dotted every I and crossed every T And I live in Him. And in Him I keep the law. In His perfection. All along He is calling me to to bring my own flesh into subjection to His Lordship. So that my flesh lines up with that new spirit that has been born in me. But I don't have to worry about me physically keeping it in the sense that I might stumble and be separated because Jesus kept it complete and whole. Though he's tempted in every way as I am tempted, the scripture says he was without sin. He kept the law complete. And when I am in him, 
I keep the law. Covenants of the promise. Those who do not have it, they have no hope because they are eternally separated from the Father. They have no hope. But to those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we have a living hope. It's a hope that begins here, now, because we are alive in Him. It is not a dead hope as many who cross their fingers and hope that there's more good on the scales than there is bad, that God is going to somehow let them into His kingdom. But the reality is, if we are in Christ Jesus, we have a living hope. It's a sure hope. It's something that is totally guaranteed in every way. It is already placed in our account. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off when we were in our sins, when we were separated from Him, says you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been brought near to the Heavenly Father and we can stand before Him knowing that we are completely justified, just as if we had never sinned. That is our position. Justified. We are at peace. We have nothing to fear because we are in Him. But to those who are not in Christ, to those who are not walking in the provision that is made through the cross for salvation, they are afar off. They are separated. They are eternally damned until that day that they hear the truth and accept it for themselves. Verse 14 says, For He Himself is our peace. He is our peace. I tell you, in my life I have peace. Even in the midst of turmoil, I have peace. Just because things are falling apart around me, I cannot allow myself to be overtaken by them because I'm in Christ. And I know He's going to work all things out together for good because I belong to Him. I am hidden in Him. And even though it may be difficult, even though it may not have an outcome exactly the way I would plan it to be, He turns it around for my good. He turns it out to His way for His glory. I know sometimes I've been through things that I thought, man, this, God, you sure didn't work that out the way I needed it to be. And then you get a couple years down the road and you look back at it and you think, it turned out better. But in the moment, I really thought it was a bad deal. 
For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one, broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. He's talking about the Gentiles and the Jews. Once they were eternally separated. But in Jesus, we become one new man. Those believing Jews who have accepted Jesus as their Savior... And those of us who are not Jews, who have accepted Jesus as our Savior, we are one in Christ. Paul was letting that church in Ephesus understand that. And we need to understand that. That that dividing wall has been abolished in him. And those laws and commandments that were contained in the ordinances so that he himself might make the two into one new man and thus establishing peace and that we might be reconciled and brought back together in one body in Christ Jesus. Together we become his body. His body. That's why the church is called the body of Christ. We are the physical representation of Christ here on this earth. You know, it breaks my heart sometimes when the church doesn't act like Jesus. When we give Him a black eye by the way we treat people, by the language we use, by the way we do things. We have been called... To be like Him. He called us to be holy because He is holy. And in calling us, He didn't say, figure it out on your own, folks. No, He left you the Holy Spirit who not only brings conviction into your life, holds you to a level of accountability by speaking to your heart, but He also equips you and empowers you to be able to do it. You don't have to do it on your own. But you do have to submit to Him. You know, I've seen little kids want to do things on their own and they won't let you help them tie their, sho- your, their shoes, you know. But they have to submit and let you help them. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. Help you do that which you cannot do in and of your own flesh. But in the realm of the Spirit, you can be more than a conqueror. You can be more than an overcomer. You can walk in the power of His presence. You can be Christ-like. And He's calling you to that life. He's calling you to that life. That we might be one body to God. He goes on to say here, Through Him we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. The Holy Spirit is our access in every way. When you do not know 
how to pray because you're in such a difficult spot and you're at your wits end the spirit knows how to pray he brings you into the throne room he puts you there in the place where you need to be he speaks when you don't even have the words He makes access for you. So we are then no longer strangers. We are no longer aliens. But we are fellow citizens with the saints. We're citizens of heaven. We're no longer those who are outside of the household of faith. But because we've we've accepted the atonement that Christ accomplished on the cross we have now been reconciled to the Father and we become sons and daughters of the Most High family we become family we become part of the body and he goes on to say here in this that you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the foundation upon which the church is built, the body of Christ. He is the foundation. And Paul goes on to say, That we too are being built. And we are being fitted in together. Each one of us has our place. Each one of us has been cut and shaped and fashioned and formed. For a particular purpose in the body of Christ. And when you're not fulfilling your calling. The body is hurting. The body is lacking. The body has become handicapped in some way. Each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has a purpose. Each one of us has a gifting. And together we make up the body. Now if you had a hand that was withered, it would handicap you quite a bit in getting things done. And some people in the church have had the responsibility of being a hand. But they are not fulfilling their responsibility. They're failing to recognize their calling. They're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're walking in the flesh. They're carnal Christians. Or you have a club foot. It's difficult to move around. We're not getting to the places where we need to be as quickly as we need to get there. The church sometimes is handicapped because those who are the movers, they're not moving. Or it's like someone who has lost their hearing. Oh, the cry is out there, but yet we can't hear it. Or we become blind. All around us the need is there and yet we do not see it. 
and fail to respond. We're the body. Each one of us has been shaped and fashioned and formed for a purpose. And then He is fitting us together into one unit in Him. So that we can be His church. Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building is being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you, those of you who are part of His church, in whom you also are being built in I mean, being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? God no longer dwells in the temple in Jerusalem. He dwells in the hearts of His people. He's calling us to a purpose. To be like Jesus. To be Jesus in this world. He's called us to be one in Him. Each church has its uniqueness. But yet, together, we are representation of Christ. Just as there are three who make up the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each one of them, relates to us in a little different way. Yet together, it is the representation of God. His church, we are different. And yet together, we are a representation of God. Let us unite with our brothers and sisters in the call to bring the good news to the hurting in the call to meet the needs of the broken and hurting people of this world for the purpose of building His church. There are so many others out there that He has called into relationship. But guess what? He chose you and I to be the ambassador through which He's bringing the good news to those individuals. Don't sit on the sideline. Don't think in any way that, oh, I'm just not qualified. I'm just not equipped. (coughs) Believe you, nobody was any less qualified than me. He qualifies the called. Trust Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today for the power of Your Word. We thank You today for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells in the lives of each and every believer who is born again in Christ Jesus. Today, Holy Spirit, continue to work the truth of your word deep within our spirits that when we leave this place 
of assembly of your body. That we would go forth from here to be your body in the world where you have called us to minister. We pray, Lord, every day that your power and your presence would abide with each and every one that is assembled here this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would uniquely gift each and every one for the purpose which you are calling them for your glory. And we pray for those that you are putting in our paths, in our spheres of influence, that they would be ready to receive your good news. That they would be ready to receive your gifts of grace and mercy that you long to bring through us to them. Satan, you have no place. Jesus is Lord. You are defeated in him. We give you the praise and the glory today. May we honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. You take the hand of someone next to you.